This is the Behind the Line podcast, and this is Pacific Northwest Headline News for Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. The Washington State Patrol says drivers are increasingly refusing to stop for troopers and other law enforcement agencies also say this is becoming a common occurrence. The Northwest News Network reports that from January 1st to May 17th of this year, the agency logged 934 failure-to-yield incidents. While the patrol didn't track this in the past, veteran troopers say there's been a dramatic uptick. Steve Strahan, the executive director of the Washington Association of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs, connects the increase in failures to yield the passage last year of House Bill 1054, a sweeping police tactics law that barred high-speed pursuits except in limited circumstances. Backers of the measure, advocates for police reform, opposed the change, said police pursuits were too dangerous. Yeah. Once again, you can thank Democrats for the rise of crime in the state of Washington. Aggressive driving is out of control, and yet there seems to be nothing that the officers can do about it. Washington State is getting to work clearing the records of people convicted under the state's previous drug possession law. The law was deemed unconstitutional by the Washington State Supreme Court last year. Washington's drug possession law was re-examined when a Spokane woman was charged with possession after police found a small amount of methamphetamine in the coin pocket of a pair of jeans she had borrowed from a friend in 2016. And, no surprise, she had no idea the drugs were in her pocket. And, big surprise, the court believed her. I just want to say as a side note, as a police officer for nine years and fugitive recovery agent for 16, any person I ever arrested with drugs didn't know it was there or it didn't belong to them. The naivety of these people in the criminal justice system and these little public advocate groups it just is mind-boggling. In February of 2021, the state Supreme Court decided 5-4 to strike down the law after finding it didn't require people to know they had drugs in their possession to be charged. Naomi Smith, a defense attorney in Pierce County, said the fallout from the law came down harder on certain communities. Of course, this affected black people and Native Americans more than anybody else, according to the defense attorney. Last year's reversal has far-reaching implications. Anyone convicted under Washington's previous drug possession law in the last 50 years could be eligible to have their sentences vacated or their convictions eliminated altogether. Any fines associated with the law that were paid could also be refunded. Ouch. Smith said this will also increase the chances that those found with drugs can get the help they need. If they are found to be to have substances on them, they're more likely to be brought to a therapeutic process or get access to treatment. So that's one thing. Definitely less likely to be incarcerated, she said. Again, the naivety of people like this is mind-boggling. Just look at Oregon. Oregon legalized drugs saying that more people would go to treatment and it hasn't happened. These people don't want treatment. You can't force people into treatment if they don't want it. They want to use drugs, and now you are just giving them an avenue to have drugs and use them, which Washington State seems to be hell-bent on doing. 
Drug use leads to more criminal activity because they have to find a way to buy their drugs to, so they can use their drugs. So they got to steal stuff and sell it to make money because they don't go to work. That means more car prowls, burglaries, robberies, shoplifting, you name it. Maybe the state of Washington should just go ahead and buy these people their drugs. In the last few weeks, I've reported on stories of corrections officers and police officers sexually abusing people while on duty in Washington and California. Now, this story comes from Oregon. Ruben Benavidez has been sued six times for allegations of physical assault and sexual harassment. A woman at the Oregon Department of Corrections was sexually tortured in 2019 and early 2020 by a former corrections officer, according to the lawsuit filed in federal court last week. Ruben Benavidez, who was most recently a correctional officer at the Oregon State Correction Institute in Salem, coerced inmates into sexual acts alone or with one another that he would record on his cell phone. The most, this is the most recent lawsuit alleging sexual abuse and harassment inside Oregon's prisons. Benavidez alone has been sued at least six times by adults in custody in March. The U.S. Department of Justice filed criminal charges against a longtime nurse at Oregon's only women's prison alleging the nurse sexually assaulted 12 women while they were incarcerated. Despite legal protections designed to prevent abuse and encourage reporting, people in custody are particularly vulnerable because they're cut off from the outside world and they can be penalized for not doing as they're told. The most recent lawsuit against Benavidez was filed by a Jane Doe who is transgender. Nationwide transgender people in jails and prisons are about nine times more likely to experience sexual assault or harassment during their first 12 months in custody compared to inmates who are not transgender, according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics. At first, Doe refused his demands, the lawsuit states. Benavidez responded by saying he would hurt Doe with a mallet. He also told other people in custody at the prison that Doe was an informant and made comments about hurting people while inside Doe's cell. Out of fear of Benavidez, retaliation, and tiring from the constant threats of harm, Miss Doe began to strip nude for Benavidez, and he would record her on his cell phone, the lawsuit alleges. The conduct escalated. Benavidez then forced Miss Doe to engage in solo sex acts, and then sex acts with other transgender adults in custody. Benavidez recorded Doe on his cell phone, which the lawsuit notes he shouldn't have had in the facility. Unbelievable. This guy's been previously sued by adults in custody over allegations of physical assault, numerous allegations of sexual harassment. In early May, the Oregon Department of Justice settled a lawsuit for $140,000 after an adult in custody sued about good old Benavidez. Please tell me why this guy wasn't fired. Well, the Department of Corrections Office of Inspector General Special Investigations Unit investigated Benavidez, according to Doe's lawsuit, between 2013 and 16. Benavidez faced five investigations related to violations under the Prison Rape Elimination Act, which aims to curb sexual abuse and assault for people in custody. Five investigations. The Office of Inspector General found the harassment unsubstantiated, meaning they could not say one way or the other if the harassment occurred. In August 2020, Benavidez resigned rather than be fired following a physical and verbal altercation involving another Department of Corrections employee. Why 
does law enforcement and criminal justice allow turds like this to keep their jobs? To resign instead of being fired so they can move on to another agency and do the same old crap. I've seen it myself when I was in law enforcement. These guys just move around, move around, move around, and keep doing the same stuff at every department. The criminal justice system is sick and corrupt. California Governor Gavin Newsom has tested positive for COVID-19 on Saturday, the day after a high-profile meeting with visiting the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Newsom has mild symptoms and will remain in isolation at least through Thursday and until he tests negative, his office said in a statement. His office said Newsom 54 will begin a five-day regimen of Paxlovid antiviral. The governor is vaccinated and just received a second booster shot this month. Isn't it interesting? Now he's got it. Jay Inslee, Washington governor, has it. And Denny Heck, Washington's lieutenant governor, also has it. So Kate Brown going to get it here in a minute. Crews in Bakersfield, California, have sealed 13 oil wells in California's San Joaquin Valley that leaked methane, some reportedly levels that risk an explosion, a state official said Friday. The wellheads have been repaired, and there were no readings of methane emissions in a nearby neighborhood, said the head of California Geologic Energy Management. Inspectors last week discovered that six idle oil wells near Bakersfield, Bakersfield homes had been leaking methane, the Con- Conservation Department announced earlier this week seven additional leaking wells were later discovered for a total of 13 confirmed on Friday. The department didn't say how much methane had leaked, but at least three of the original six wells found to be leaking had methane concentrations of 50,000 parts per million in the air surrounding them, making it potentially explosive by federal guidelines. Not to mention the toxicity of methane in a residential area. This has been Pacific Northwest Headline News. For more, visit BehindTheLinePodcast.com. Thanks for listening.